What is up, beautiful Dynasty Leaguers? Welcome back to the Dynasty Dynamic. I'm your host, Max Cascons, joined by the man who offered me a late first for Joe Mixon just the other day, <laughs> a.k.a. the Run DMC, a.k.a. Mr. Dan McAuliffe, and also joined by not a man, but a moose, with over 1,100 followers on Twitter, talking about Mr. At DFF Moose himself, Mikey's here. Gentlemen, how are we doing tonight? Not doing too bad, man. Hey, and I'm going to say, first of all, that that uh, that trade was offered pre-Joe Mixon going off this week because it was also this a good chance he stepped on that field, broke his ankle, and wasn't going to play again this year. So, just saying, little little bit of respect on there. But uh, otherwise, dude, feeling great. Uh, this literally... The air changed in New England uh, this weekend. It literally just became like this beautiful, crisp fall, still a little nice and sunny. And it's just that start of football season weather that is just it, it, it starts as soon as the season starts. And I love it. It's just a nice, comforting feeling uh, that's getting me ready for some really good football over the course of this year. So uh, no complaints. All good in my book. Mike, how about you? I couldn't have said it better myself. I uh, I just think it's freaking awesome that we're now talking about the NFL season in the present tense and not talking about uh, in the future tense. We're talking about what happened last week, not what might happen three months from now. So I'm so stoked uh, and could be more excited. Well, we got a fun show cooked up today. And so I want to be very clear on this for all the listeners. We tried to get this show recorded at different times last week. We really wanted to have all three of us on here. Schedules couldn't line up, so we're doing it now. But what we did was we had submissions from friends for bold predictions for the season. We got timestamps. We got receipts, whether it was email or uploaded to the drive folder. We know that these were all submitted prior to kickoff. And tonight we're going to listen to those. None of us have heard exactly. the ones from friends. Organic reactions. <laughs> and none of us have heard each other's yet. So that's going to be tonight's show. But quickly, before we jump into it, I wanted to touch on the tweet of the week which comes from the legendary at late round QB, JJ Zacharyson, who said, as of today, I personally haven't gotten anything wrong yet this season. <laughs> Clearly he's joking, but the Twitter trolls, they brought their pitchforks out. Oh, man. One. As they tend to do. Right? Exactly. <laughs> it's week one. People are going to get things wrong. People are going to get things right. Um, clearly, JJ trolling here. But, um, yeah, that's life. That's fantasy. We're not playing the game on paper anymore. We're playing it for real. Oh, baby. That's right. And what better way to play it for real than to lead off with one of our friends' bold predictions? I'm talking about hailing from Long Island. My buddy Dylan. You ready, boys? He's He's got a hot take for us. He's number one on deck. Here it is. I love it. Lay it on us. Josh Allen will win MVP of the 2021 season, but lose to Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. So there you have it. Some Josh Allen love, giving him the highest honors that the NFL has to offer, but a little Groundhog Day when it comes to uh, the 2021 season. Dan, what are your thoughts right? on that? Uh, I mean, I think someone's uh, making a... Uh, looking to make us eat our receipts on the early Josh Allen takes once uh, once again here, Max, uh, bringing it out of the closet. Man, I just I miss when the Bills uh, were the Bills and the Pats could just uh, not have to worry about them in the division at all. And now they're becoming this big behemoth uh, and putting on a show. 
Uh, I think we are definitely uh, forced to eat our words on the early Josh Allen takes. He has certainly started to look a lot better. Um, still going to be really interesting to see how that team as a whole uh, performs. I mean, uh, what this this past week, they got one loss under their belt there, uh, lacking a little bit in the run game. But when it comes to Josh Allen himself uh, and the talent he has on the receiving end, I think he absolutely has a chance to really uh, continue to accelerate his career and, uh, and put up some great numbers this year. So uh, I can certainly see that. And I also would definitely say if they go up against the Chiefs, uh, they're probably going to see the same fate that they had this past year so i think it's a good take though what about you mike anything to add i i would just say that the patriots fan in me hates it but the realist in me thinks that that is a, a very that that's not too bold and, and i like it it's a that's definitely extremely possible um and i, I could definitely see it happening so exactly we'll see. easy to pull the receipts on like you said though not crazy bold i'm sure he's probably a top five to seven guy in vegas right now yeah. for mvp odds but let's uh it's and and obviously fantasy related but not necessarily a projection for his stats just getting the title for the mvp but let's segue into another take and this one comes from my buddy max uh who i know we all play in a couple leagues with and uh let's hear what he had to say hey so here's my hot take um i think the colts are gonna have to pass the ball uh a, a bit this year to keep up with the likes of the Titans and, and even the Jags. I think the Jags are, are going to score some points this year. Um, so the Colts are going to have to throw the ball. And when they do, I think they're going either going to go to Michael Pittman Jr. or Paris Campbell. I'm a little snake bitten from T.Y. Hilton um, last year. I think, you know, he played a little bit better down the stretch, but sadly, I think we've seen the best uh, from T.Y. Hilton already. Uh, in his career. So I think the, the two people to own are Paris Campbell or Michael Pittman. I lead, I lean more towards Michael Pittman Jr. being the, the breakthrough candidate. Um, but it certainly could be Paris Campbell as well. He's, he's super talented. So again, my hot take is I think Pittman Jr. or Paris Campbell, one of them is going to be a top 25 uh, fantasy wide receiver this year. Pittman's going, I think, around 45th in terms of ranked receivers this year. And then Paris Campbell's like way, way, way down that list. Um, so obviously a huge return on investment there if they are able to, to get into the top 25 range. So there you have it. An offense with a ton of question marks. And Max is saying that either Pittman or Paris Campbell will finish as a top 25 wide receiver. Dan, what are your thoughts? Oh man. So this one's, this one's interesting for sure. And it, it is kind of cool. And knowing how some of these came out a little earlier too, we've seen some of the developments with already good call on maybe potentially having seen, uh, the, the, uh, latter parts of T Y Hilton's career, uh, him being on kind of the, the, sunset uh, tour there with uh, these two other wide receivers kind of coming up into the mix with an opportunity to kind of seize that. Right. Um, I like Michael Pitt Pittman Jr. A lot. Um, I also like uh, Paris Campbell a lot. I think there's a reason why we see both of them sitting at the ADPs where they are right now is because no one knows how that's going to shake out. So I do agree in the sense that your return on investment is probably uh, you have a good return on investment if you're taking them where they are right now because they do have that ceiling there. However, again, it's always fun watching this happen after watching a game. Apparently, the wide receiver to own in that whole area is Zach Pascal, who's getting two touchdowns in that game. Um, so I think you're right. They're going to be throwing. 
I just don't know. I, I, I we had a conversation on this earlier. Carson Wentz, um, he's looking more like uh, 2020 Carson Wentz uh, than his earlier year Carson Wentz. So that's the thing that's most concerning for me right now. Um, he missed a lot of time, protocols, all that type of stuff. I'm not going to belabor it. I have a hard time trusting the wide receivers who are catching balls from Carson Wentz. I hope they turn it around. Um, but I think the the lines that he set for uh, a potential top 24 and a top 40 um, still are in the realm of possibility. So I like it. Uh, I think they're going to have to work to get those levels there, uh, catching passes from Carson Wentz. But I think it's spicy enough that you should be taking shots on those types of guys. Mike, anything to add there, buddy? Not a whole lot to add other than just I share the exact same sentiment. It's a, it's doing, You're doing yourself no favors if you're putting a lot of faith in Carson Wentz right now, um, injury-wise and ability-wise, in my personal opinion. Um, I love Michael Pittman as well. I could definitely see him as a top 35 option. Um, and, you know, with Paris Campbell, I need to see a guy that can actually stay on the field for, you know, a full season or two before I'm going to immediately hop into the top 25 kind of conversation. So we'll see, you know, say Jacob Eason takes over that offense halfway through the season. I'm not so sure about those predictions, but, um, but yeah, I guess we'll see that's again, injuries and, and crazy things have happened in fantasy football. So that takes certainly bolder than our first, I'll just say this about Paris Campbell. I love Paris Campbell. I've always loved Paris Campbell. One of my favorite players coming in out of the draft a couple of years ago. And uh, he was one of the reasons, if not the reason that Terry McLaurin never broke out at Ohio state. So the talent is there. Absolutely. Um, we just need to see how it plays out. So let's move on and get to the last friend submission. And this comes from maybe the best friend of the show, right? This is from Wes. Um, and, I guarantee it's going to be something spicy because that's how Wes operates. So let's hear what Wes had to say. Now, I don't think anyone is dethroning King Henry this season, but when it does happen, it's going to be A.J. Dillon. And I wouldn't be surprised if we started to see that takeover as early as this season. A.J. Dillon has already a clear-cut role in a sensational offense with the departure of Jamal Williams, who may have left behind approximately 150 touches. And not to mention, if Aaron Jones, for whatever reason misses any time, we already know how much of a monster Dylan can be when he's a featured back. Look, it took King Henry until his sophomore season to rush for over 100 yards in a single game. I'm not throwing any shade on, the, on this man's name, but A.J. Dillon already made a huge splash in his rookie season displaying why he could take over the throne as soon as this year. Week 16 of 2020, Dillon on 21 attempts posts 124 rushing yards, averaging 5.9 yards per carry, and two rushing touchdowns, and even manages to haul in a reception for five yards. Currently, right now, A.J. Dillon is the age Derrick Henry was when King Henry started taking over the throne. Dillon has the talent, he has the opportunity, and it's just a matter of timing. Add A.J. Dillon if you still can. Wow, lot to unpack from our friend Wes there. Um, definitely a lot going on, but I think... At the heart of what he's trying to say is that certain players are just so talented that regardless of the situation in front of them, they're going to play their way into touches on the field. Derrick Henry did it with DeMarco Murray, whether it's a front runner talent in front of you stealing touches or somebody maybe going down with injury and somebody like really shining, filling in that spot. We looked it up and basically that season for Derrick Henry was about 
PPR wide receiver, uh, sorry, PPR running back number 36. So I think what Wes is getting at here is that he's projecting AJ Dillon is too talented. He's going to start eating into Aaron Jones's workload. And then we're going to see an ascension from there. And he's a guy you should be buying in dynasty. Dan, any reaction to that? I, 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 it is a lot to unpack there. Cause I think that is a, we're asking for bold takes. That's a bold take. And I love it. it able to really kind of toss it out there. He's calling his shot. Um, and as you kind of outlined too, like there's absolute talent there. The profile is fantastic. It becomes a little hard when you look at like Derek Henry's kind of ascension and what type of team he's been on, where it's been more prone towards really being run heavy. Um, not playing with the likes of quarterbacks of like, uh, Aaron Rodgers, right? Where, you know, your team is able to actually throw, uh, a lot more in those types of scenarios. Didn't look like it this weekend, but overall, we know that Aaron Rodgers is a talent. You have Devontae Adams there. You don't have to lean so uh, heavy on the run game there. And you do also have a talented uh, uh, running back in Aaron Jones who just signed a four-year deal. So I'm all for talent finds a way to win out. But I am also, I'm, I'm usually like the talent 70 situation and opportunity 30%. And that 30% is very strongly not in his favor. And that's going to take some uh, a little while to overcome. But would I love to see uh, someone kind of take take the crown from uh, Derrick Henry and become that new just brute force uh, running back that might not catch a whole bunch of passes, but is just an absolute monster on the field? A.J. Dillon's definitely in my top five bets to be able to, to do something like that from a profile perspective. There we go. Mike, what are your thoughts, buddy? I, I mean, I definitely I would have brought up a lot of the points that you um, said, Dan. I mean, I just I, I think that the Packers definitely have a plan in, in, uh, in place to keep Aaron Jones around for a while and involved enough to the point where I definitely think we could see A.J. Dillon having a great season as far as, uh, you know, goal line usage, being able to pound in a lot of touchdowns. Um, but you know, I just, I don't quite see it happening this year. So I guess I can, I can be the real doubter here that I, I'm a huge Aaron Jones fan. I think that he's not going away anytime soon in the way that, you know, um, possibly a, a DeMarco Murray on, you know, so, sort of his, he had a great season, uh, in the, in DeMarco Murray did in the season that Derrick Henry broke out, but I, it, you know, they didn't necessarily have a plan to keep him in place. So once Henry started to, to kind of take the ball over, um, they, they ran with it. So I don't see Aaron Jones giving up his enough of his role for A.J. Dillon to really break out in that way. I'm kind of with you, Mike. Any take that's going to root against Aaron Jones is not something I'm uh, hugely getting on board mm-hmm. with. To play devil's advocate, though, two running backs that I think people get um, get a little twisted with the amount they're on the field. Alvin Kamara and Aaron Jones have both made careers being ultra-efficient with their touches. So if there was ever somebody who could sneak in and maybe play like a 30%, 35% snap share, vulture some touchdowns, it's absolutely not impossible. Uh, am I betting on it? No, but that's why it's a bold prediction, and that's why we love Wes. So <laughs> exactly. There we go. Yeah, right. Spicy. <laughs> All right. Well, that is it for the friend submissions. Uh, I do want to shout out Mr. Alex Tordai, who is always good for a hot take and was too lazy to submit one for this show. So (laughs) now that we got that out of the way, um, let's segue into we each drew up a couple that we we, none of us have heard. So we're going to be springing them on each other. Let's get into the real heart of the show. Our own bold predictions. Dan, I'm going to ask you to kick it off tonight. 
Lay it on us. Your first bold prediction for the season. Oh, baby. All right. Oh, this is this is fun. I'm excited. I was uh, I had a whole bunch that was kind of mulling over and then finally kind of pairing uh, these down. These are um, my favorite ones and ones I kind of want to put as as the brand going into this year. So this this first one, I'm going to talk about a guy that for whatever reason has been dipping into sometimes the third round. I've even seen, oddly enough, in some dynasty leagues going in the fourth round where I think his upside is immense. And I'm talking about DeAndre Swift who I believe this year is going to be top eight running back in PPR with 1,500 yards from scrimmage, catching 80 balls. Let's go. Detroit Lions bringing it back, actually having a fantasy-relevant running back. That is a lot of stipulations. I did not give that many. Like, you have a lot of ways to be wrong there, right? But let's let's just keep it as top eight running back. That's right? exactly right. I'm just tossing out what I think he's going to do. Keep it top eight. Don't care how he does it. So, Mike, I'm going to take first crack at this one, if you don't mind. Um, I, I I love this prediction. I actually toyed with having him as a top 10, so you went even bolder than I did. I mean, this is somebody that made Sony Michelle and Nick Chubb watch him play football as a freshman at Georgia, right? Sent those guys to the bench. I feel like people have slept on the amount of talent that this guy has, and it's going to be consolidated touches right they got tj hawkinson a mishmash at wide receiver and you got a stud running back so i know he's been injured um but i also see the upside you see i love this take i'm all about it let's go the more the more that i think about it i really don't mind it whatsoever either you know how many balls did swift catch in week one wasn't it at least 11 or so yeah he got Uh, got double digits at least a good amount of targets yeah double digits so you know this team is going to be playing from behind a lot there's going to be a lot of garbage time points to be had i think as well as max said an absolute mishmash uh of of players at wide receiver um i really don't see especially with jared goff as his quarterback i could see him dumping it off to him plenty of times so i don't hate it top eight's a little rich for my taste i would be all about uh top 12 but um, you Fair. Know, that's why it's a bold take, and I know he's one of your boys, so uh, it's, it's I had definitely to move, possible. Had to move the needle. Top twelve felt reasonable. Had to push it a little further. So oh. we're gonna see what he does. Uh, this first week was promising. Um, so glad you guys are are buying into it a little bit. It's he's the second best receiver in the entire team after T.J. Hawkinson. So <laughs> that's, right. uh, that's my thought. That's my hope. Uh, as long as the boy How stays. How dare healthy. you insult Tyrell Williams? <laughs> like that. He had a great career at one point, but great now great it's it's year. DeAndre Swift's turn here. So uh, let's do it. I'm I'm stoked to to finally have a Detroit Lions uh, running back that won't hurt me like Carryon Johnson did a little while ago. <laughs> All right, well, Mike, you scaled back the boldness on that take immediately, so I'm kicking yeah. it to you now. Let's hear what your what your big bold prediction for the season was. So here here is one that I have. I really don't know you guys' take on this, but um, I guess I'll go with my bolder one first. So my first prediction is that Logan Thomas will repeat as the tight end three in PPR leagues this year. So, you know, Logan Thomas last year. He's a guy that pretty much came out of nowhere. He's been in the league for, I think, up in, before last year, upwards of six or seven years before um, this past year. He's 30 years old. Um, and he came up. And I, I want to just bring this uh, to light again. I'm saying repeat as tight end three here in PPR. People seem to forget how good he was last year and how valuable he was in that Ron Rivera offense. So, you know, we're not talking about a Robert Tunyon that – 
you know, survived solely on touchdown volume last year. This is a guy that was just absolutely an integral part of that Washington offense last year. He saw the second most targets on the team outside of Terry McLaurin. Um, and also, I found an interesting stat. This is per Kyle Yates. Um, Logan Thomas actually had the most routes run at the tight end position in the NFL last season, which is the most since 2013 when Jamron, Jordan Cameron ran 622 routes. So he had he had 600-plus routes run last year. So Ron Rivera clearly loves the guy. He's been quoted multiple times this offseason saying that he anticipates his workload to increase. He's no stranger, of course, as a coach to giving a tight end high-volume uh, role in the off- offense as, you know, per Greg Olson for three straight years getting 1,000-plus yards. I just, you know, I think... He, he scored six touchdowns last year as well, and I think that that could be repeated. If not, you know, he could score seven or eight, and I'd see no way that his, his target share would not possibly increase this year. I think he's the perfect safety blanket uh, across the middle this year. I was definitely feeling a little bit better about it before Ryan Fitzpatrick went down, but even for a, a younger quarterback like Taylor Heineke, he could still be a very important part of the offense. So that's, that's my bold take. Well, I'm going to throw it to our resident uh, Taylor Heineke fan. Dan scouted Taylor in high school. Um, Dan, what are your takes on uh, this Logan Thomas prediction? This is uh, this is good. I, I like this. Um, it's going to be really interesting um, because you're saying, Mike, that you don't like it since Fitzpatrick went down. I think I True. like it more because Fitzpatrick went down because he didn't do it with Fitzpatrick last year. It was it was on the backs of just a bunch of other kind of like piece it together types of quarterbacks. Taylor Heineke being one of them, right? So if you're if you Good if you're gonna put it in his hands, I think you were gonna see a little bit more ball slinging um, action from Fitzpatrick down the field that you probably wouldn't be getting those kind of short cutoff passes over to the tight end. Now you might again. Uh, the other thing that's kind of necessity of uh, the targets is you have Curtis Samuel <laughs> that's kind of like struggling to to get back to to, to form with an injury. That there he is the second target uh on the field we'll see like diami brown as he kind of comes into the mix what he's going to do there but um again another guy that i think is is better suited for downfield targets and i don't know how much you're going to get that of out of uh old Tanner, ha- taylor heineke there so um he's proven he's done it he can do it i always kind of in the back of my mind had is like ah he's just kind of a jag like he just he, he stumbled into targets but he doesn't even have to be the best prospect in the world to be able to get the type of targets that can put him into top three uh, for the tight end position because you, you really only got to slightly edge out um, one of the big three uh, to be able to jostle into that position there. So um, I like it. I still think it's bold because I think everyone talks about the top three tight ends that are just locked in there. So he's got to p- push one out, um, but it's not out of the realm of possibility. So let's go. Mike, this is a bold prediction and I love you. And there's a zero, zero percent chance that this is happening. How much money do you want to put on it? How much we can money? settle the wager <laughs> off air. But let me just say this. So you're talking about Logan Thomas edging out a murderer's row of Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, George Kittle, TJ Hawkinson. I mean, I'd even put like Noah Fant in there with some serious upside. Okay. Like, it's, it's those Mark four. Andrews. I'm saying that he, I'm not, I'm not saying he edges out Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller whatsoever. Right. It's the Never other ones happened. he's got to worry about. I agree with that. It's the other ones I got to worry about. And again, TJ Hawkins is, uh, sorry, this is your reaction. to No, all I'm saying is that the tight end landscape at the top, it's so top heavy. 
and through some injuries and things that went down last year. And, and like you said, a lot of tight end production hinges on touchdowns. So that's always the variable. I just think if there was any, who knows, maybe we'll get even bolder takes that I'm going to shoot down harder than this. But <laughs> that one, I am not buying. It, I needed to throw out a tight end prediction for you, Max. Okay. So. Hey, hey, I, I appreciate it very it. much. And I will just go on the right. I do, I do like the boldness of it. The likelihood, if we're just, just so we're clear too, because I like the take. I am going to put that at like a 15% possibility. So I'm not saying it's, so it's likely, but I'm saying there's, saying a there's a chance. <laughs> Mike said he had one that was safer, and I'm wondering if that's the one. <laughs> which one's which now? That was, we're, wait, so that wasn't safe? We're, <laughs> we're going to find out. We're gonna that's find a sure out. thing. All right. You guys know me. This one should be a 0% chance surprise. Jalen Hurts is going to finish as a top five quarterback in fantasy this season. Oh, man. Mike, I just destroyed you, so I'm going to give you the first crack at destroying me. I don't know if I want to destroy you. I I definitely think, um, you know, even just, um, you know, admittedly, why I know that these takes were submitted before the first week of the season, but um, what Jalen Hurts can do uh, on the run and with his legs, it's we know how valuable rushing upside is uh, in fantasy. And I believe in the kid. I definitely, I definitely think that the Eagles made the right move to cut the ties with Wentz um, when they did. And I think you know, the team is so much more improved around him too. Or I shouldn't say so much more improved, but Devonta Smith. I'm a, I'm a believer in him as well. Um, and I can't see any reason why this could not happen with his rushing upside. So I don't, I don't hate it. Yeah, it's uh, I, um, I, I've continue to come more and more around to this idea uh i think i don't have the immediate shock because i think you've started to drill this into me uh as it's gone along i needed to see how his wide receivers were going to perform uh specifically devonta smith um i really like the talent but i needed to see him in an actual nfl game uh and he was looking really good that jalen rager touchdown i love that jalen rager touchdown touchdown. to see to see because that's what i was always worried about is like a quarterback thankfully as a rushing quarterback you don't have to entirely depend on your receivers um but you're not going to make it to that top five echelon if you don't have uh wide receivers who can catch the ball i think you could easily crack the top 12 if you're a rushing quarterback it's just like just the math checks out that way but to see that uh dallas goddard devonta smith jalen rager all like showing out and and looking pretty good and even uh this kind of nice split he's got another nice receiving back with kenny gainwell keep your eyes on him folks because he's he's uh awesome and then miles sanders who i love as well he's got he's got weapons right so i i'm really excited the only thing uh, i gotta see is maybe another game um that's not against the atlanta falcons awful um defense as a whole but i i am thinking that this is probably again if we're kind of putting some predictions in place i think this is like a a 50 50 chance of actually coming true yeah i watching that game yesterday i think the thing and obviously like you said this was submitted prior to the season i've been on the jalen hurts hype train for a long time I loved watching him using the mobility to make throws instead of just tuck and run, right? And I can't remember a quarterback with his pedigree ever slipping as far in the draft as he did. He feels like somebody with a chip on his shoulder. He's got the weapons. He's a freak athlete. Jalen Hurts season. Let's go. Let's go. I love it. Bold and spicy. Dan, bold prediction 2.0. Your last shot to be bold. All right. What are we going with here? Let's see how you guys feel about this one. 
there was a, a, a wide receiver uh, a couple years back that was uh, left for dead, uh, had all the promise in the world, and didn't actually come to fruition until his fifth year. And I'm talking about Devontae Parker. Finally, you saw that he was able to come to light. I think there's another wide receiver this year who's going to have that same fifth-year breakout, and that is my boy, Corey Davis. Corey Davis is going to have the fifth-year breakout, and he's going to be a uh, low-end wide receiver one to high-end wide receiver two as a top 16 wide receiver this year with rookie phenom Zach Wilson. How we feeling? Mike, I'm giving you first shot at this one. I want to go <laughs> Respect. Okay. Um, I don't think that that's – so let me clarify. You said a low-end uh, wide receiver one, high-end wide receiver two is how we would finish? Correct. Top 16. Top, top 16. 16. I don't see top 16, but I will say, and we had our previous show where we debated Zach Wilson versus Mac Jones, I had a tough time, you know, not liking Zach Wilson's profile. I think that he could yep. absolutely be legit. And if the, the Jets have truly turned things around um, or are able to, uh, over the course of the season, turn things around and prove past history wrong, um, you know, I could see this happening. They clearly, they went out and pay, he got paid. Obviously, they want him yep. to be a huge part of this offense. Um, you know, everyone's super high on Elijah Moore, myself included, but it's going to take some time for that to develop into a serious, you know, target demanding uh situation for him so you know in this this kind of offense they're gonna pass the ball a lot zach wilson can make things happen uh with his feet to keep plays alive and Corey davis as a deep man he could score a lot of touchdowns this year so um i'm i'm not top 16 is too much for me but i dig it i I can respect it on i will take a uh, page out of your book on the probability uh, you know, factor, I would probably give that a 20% probability. So that's not terrible. One out of five chance. That's, there you it go. Ain't it, zero. Ain't zero. <laughs> it ain't zero. <laughs> Unless Max now says it's zero. First of all, no, only Mike gets the 0% chance. <laughs> um, I thought you were going to say Mike Williams, the way you look. I know. And I know I've alluded pro- to that. The prophecy works for both players. Um, so nice, nice juke move there. Also. I know. It was just, I was almost going to see if you guys remembered that. I would be shocked if he turns in a top 24 season. Um, That said, Mike already alluded to it, right? Elijah Moore, a non-factor so far. My my guy from last year, Denzel Mims, a non-factor so far. (laughs) When you're the only game in town, and I'm I'm still trying to pretend that he didn't score two touchdowns yesterday because I did see that. Um, When you're the only game in town, there's there's always a chance at a high fantasy finish. Um, I think... (laughs) <laughs> Zach Wilson would be very interesting to watch. He's the one that I feel like has the most boomer bust potential for all quarterbacks, all rookie quarterbacks sure. this year, yep. just because of the situation. Week one, I mean, they're playing the Panthers. It's it's not exactly that tough. Exactly. Um, I think top 24 is about, his, is about his ceiling. It wouldn't shock me to see him finish somewhere in the like 20 to 28 range. Um, so I'll give this a decent percentage. I'm not going to assign percentages arbitrarily. Like, exactly. Yeah, at this I'm point, say, there's no it, real science to it, but it, it could happen. Um, do I think it'll happen? No. I liked your Deandre Swift one more. I was way more on board. With yeah, that. Yeah. I, but <laughs> I figured I'd make if this If you want spicier. to switch it to Mike Williams, it's not too late. I, uh, honestly, Mike Williams is definitely a possibility too. But as you said, Corey Davis finished as a, <laughs> a top 30 wide receiver last year on a, on a run heavy offense. 
with a, a guy that Ryan Tannehill, love him. Um, but I think Zach Wilson even has more of a cannon there. He literally is the only target of note currently until Elijah Moore kind of comes into his own. And Denzel Mims is, is he's left for dead. So I, I am a strong believer that just as you noted, Max, sometimes when you're the only uh, He only ate some town, bad salmon, Dan. Give the guy <laughs> a break, okay? Um, so we'll see. We'll see. I appreciate Davis, you guys entertaining it. Corey Davis is the best wide receiver Western Michigan has ever seen. And with that, Dan, I'm going to throw to Mike to give us his second bold prediction. Awesome. Okay. So with my confidence in this guy – I don't necessarily view this as a bold prediction. And I hope that this is one that you guys can both get behind. So my bold prediction number two is that Kyler Murray will be the first QB in NFL history to throw for 4,000 plus yards and rush for a thousand plus yards. And he will finish as the QB one in all formats. I love this. (laughs) Just <laughs> totally <laughs> redeemed yourself yeah. with this. This one's great. Well played. Dan, I'll so. give you first shot at it. I, I, I love it, man. I mean, literally just kind of thinking about like other um, kind of running, uh, rushing quarterbacks. Even Lamar Jackson was fantastic um, fantasy finish that he had there. Um, he didn't have the weapons that Kyler Murray does going into this year. And just kind of the, the, the way that they've structured that team around him, he looked phenomenal. I mean, it's it's hard to say no when you saw the guy finish as the QB1 uh, for this first week, right? So he's just – I I think he's got the, the pieces there to be able to bring that together. I think he's – I've been extremely impressed uh, with some of his quarterback play um, most recently. And so – when you take the rushing ability of someone like we've seen before, or Lamar Jackson, et cetera, and then pair him with a DeAndre Hopkins, uh, who was the best one that uh, Lamar Jackson was dealing with at the time, Willie Sneed, like that's that's a night and day difference to be able to get the passing yards required for something like that while still keeping that rushing baseline. So it's still bold. I mean, I'm not going to say this is by no means a, a slam dunk. Those numbers are, are historical, as you said. Um, but is the recipe there? For something like that to be able to happen? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Max, what's your thoughts? Mike, I want to repeat this. There is a 0% chance that Logan Thomas is. <laughs> that Logan Thomas <laughs> reads. Okay? You're this. living in the past. But, hey, there's a 50. You could not have gotten me more on board with this second take. Okay? And I Thank this you. is coming from somebody who owns a Christian Kirk jersey. Right? So, love seeing the performance he turned in yesterday. Yeah. Dan and I are big big Rondell Moore upside truthers. I think Mm -hmm. that kid is a ball player and he showed a little bit of that yesterday. DeAndre Hopkins, a fast paced offense. I love the call. Um, I'm just putting it. I think there's a high probability of it. I don't even think it's that crazy. I mean, just with the way they play the division, they play in, there's going to be a lot of points scored, a lot of crazy games in that division. I love it. Again, I, I think that might be one of the more likely predictions that we've thrown out. You know, he has he has two things working in his favor, just as a as a way to close it out. He has an extra game this year to do it. Oh, well. yeah, I factored that in. And, <laughs> of course, <laughs> and he's already done it in 14 games at Oklahoma in 2018. Ah, uh, yes. He rushed for over 4,000. The old college and comparison. And because I know that college, <laughs> college is not the exact same thing, but he also threw for one. Awesome. But yeah, I'm glad you guys like the take. All right, guys. I'm going to take us home. 
I, I enjoyed, I was ready to see scales of boldness, right? Um, and, and see the sliding scale of who went for what. So here's this. I'm going to bring us home with this guy. Jonathan Taylor is going to finish as the RB1 in fantasy. Oh. <laughs> Dan's reaction is nice. already so good. <laughs> Dan, wait, nah. not bold enough? Or you think it's too crazy? No, no. I, I, think, I, I, I think that's bold enough. Um, because did you see Christian McCaffrey and what he just freaking did this past? He, I, I actually, I think, yeah, he was the, uh, the, I think he's the RB one this past and he didn't even catch a touchdown or, or, or rush or anything like that. That's insane. Listen, it's a long season. It's, it's a long season. I know I, we're doing this with week one, week one's on the brain. Um, I definitely in the realm of possibility. You've got the, <laughs> the only thorn in his side is a very proficient pass-catching running back by the name of Naheem Hines. He's the only thing, in my opinion, that stands in his way. Um, I don't think Carson Wentz really keeps him from doing that. We've seen that running backs can even uh, excel in some of those types of conditions so long as they generally fear some of his past uh, potential there. Um, So I like it. I love the kid. I really do want people to... I want to trust that the process is going to come out on the other side with Jonathan Taylor being, yeah, absolutely has been, will always be the RB one of his class and potentially even the RB one of the future. As we start to see that pass torch uh, torch passed um, from CMC, Dalvin cook uh, and the likes over to the younger guard, which is uh, Jonathan Taylor. So um, I think we're talking about, I, I I don't think it's extremely likely, but it, I would not be surprised if at the end of the year we look at it and be like, yeah, no, the the process checks out. That's that's what it should have been all along. So I like it. I like it, and uh, I like just having a a player that we've loved for so long get uh, a little bit more of the love that he deserves. Yeah, Mike, I destroyed <laughs> you on your first one. Feel free to I, shoot again, it right back. I man. don't have many qualms with this take, Max. I I would completely agree with Dan that CMC is the one standing in his way right now, but I in one of my highest stakes leagues, just smashed draft on him in the first round. So uh, it, Jonathan Taylor, uh, I mean. So I I really do think that something would have to end up happening uh, with Hines in the way of, uh, of injury because I really do think that they have a plan in place for him, the Colts do. Uh, they, they re-signed him for a multi-year deal, um, you know. But the way that Taylor runs the ball with that offensive line, and again, they might have to rely on Jonathan Taylor as uh, one of the biggest parts of their offense. So if he gets that true, full-blown, at least in the running game, workhorse load, I could definitely see it happening. You played right into my hands, Mike. That is a perfect segue because I wanted to leave you guys with this. Jonathan Taylor is the only running back in college football history to turn in three consecutive 2,000-yard seasons. He was number three in rushing last year and number four in total touchdowns playing less than a 50% snap share. That's all we need, boys. That's Get the snap share up. Sky's the limit. I love it. I love it. All right, guys. This was a good time. I liked the uh, I liked the scales of boldness. I liked uh, telling Mike he has a zero percent chance of one of his <laughs> predictions coming through. I actually can't even tell if he dropped off the screen because he's frozen right now. So <laughs> we're just gonna pretend like he's here. Um I, this was good. The, the season's upon us. Week one in the books. We're not playing fantasy on paper anymore. This is the big time, Dan. Yes, it is. Nope, exactly. Uh, it will, we'll, it'll be really fun to see how some of these things shake out. Um, but now I think both you and I are really stoked to actually be doing 
uh, analysis on live football instead of the idea of football, uh, which is a much different concept sometimes. Uh, so I'm, I'm stoked. Uh, we have Monday Night Football tonight. So to cap off this week one, it's going to be a fun one. Well, we officially lost Mike. Um, so thank God that his uh, connection lasted just as long as it did. But I think that's the perfect way, man. That's that's the world telling us we got to end. Exactly. So, I think Michael would say thanks for having me. You guys are so great. Uh, blah, blah, I feel blah, like blah, all the Thomas. time just surrounded by this great uh, analysis uh, and talent from you guys. So, Mike, I, I don't want to fully speak on your behalf, but thank you very much for those kind words. Uh, we really do appreciate it. So getting out of here for today, this is the Dynasty Dynamic. You stay classy, Dynasty Leaguers. Thanks for tuning in.